All right. Good week, everybody. Another dose of silver pills. We've got an awesome, exciting, amazing show for you tonight. Um, but before that, uh, make sure you like and subscribe and share. Definitely give us five stars. It helps push us to the top and get us recognized by people maybe not looking for us specifically. Mm -hmm. It'll suggest us um, if people just look into the paranormal. So definitely give us five stars on every podcatcher you listen to. Um, share us with everyone you know. Maybe even people you don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, we are definitely seeing a lot of growth, and that's all you guys. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's all our listeners because we don't. It's definitely not us. Yes, I I don't know very many people. So and those I do know, I don't talk to. So <laughs> right. thank well, you everyone for sharing us. Right, they don't talk to me. I think. It's well, yeah, I than... guess I should reiterate. I've tried talking to them a couple times, and they've stopped talking to me. <laughs> but how can they get a hold of us if they have a recipe or a story or an experience? We have pagers, fax machines, and horseback and carrier pigeons. I think we've mentioned Carry, that yeah. before. Um, yeah. And if those things aren't accessible to you, you can always email us silverpilled at gmail.com or find us on Instagram where we try to stay fairly active. That's just silverpilled podcast on Instagram. We would love to hear from you regardless. Um, if you want to send us a recipe, an experience, we're getting some of those in, which is awesome. Um, if you do send an experience, uh, you will have the opportunity, opportunity, blah, to either be on the show if you'd like or if you just want us to read your experience we can do that we can even leave you anonymous or if you just want to share your experience with us personally and not have it shared we'd love to uh you know talk to you about that too so just feel free to reach out to us we are we might not always be open but the email address is so go yes. ahead and find us there moving on though we have a really awesome guest, and more than a guest, he has become a very good friend of the show. And I highly recommend, if any of our listeners have not listened to him or checked him out, you go immediately listen to The Bump on any podcatcher. Yes. Bo Kennedy, great guy. Just an amazing guy that um, just loves Jesus but and the paranormal. And yeah. he came on our show. We were on his show previously, but he came on our show this time and he dropped some knowledge. Oh, man. So, I could literally watch Harrison's brain melt out of his skull. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he he did put the work in on this. So you guys are going to love it. But please go check him out and show him support. When you get over there, leave him five stars. He works hard like we do. I mean... But he's a one-man army. Yeah. At least we have each other. So go get in touch with him. Uh, share him with anyone you know. Find him. I'll put everything on how to get a hold of him or how to find him in the show notes of this episode. Just go give the guy some love because he's an amazing guy. So uh, I think that might be it. That's it. Yeah. He was, he was kind of one of our... Um someone we modeled our show after when yeah. we first started yeah that's we, true we, we, we listened to him we're like wow we really like what he's doing mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Bo, Bo was a big influence, I'd say, on yeah. Silverpilled. You know, just how he handles the paranormal, the way he looks at it, how he, you know, keeps Jesus and the Bible in the forefront of everything he does. Like, that was something that was really important to us when listening to him. And that really did become kind of a, a rough blueprint for what we wanted to do. So, if it wasn't for Bo, I don't even know if Silverpilled would be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He was kind of one of those podcasts that made it okay to be Christian and yeah, look into the like paranormal. he was like a pioneer of it. When you right. think about it, Bo is really a pioneer of doing that stuff. I mean, there's other podcasts that say, hey, I'm a Christian, and maybe talk about, you know, the Bible every once in a while. But Bo, like, he was a pioneer of really bringing it up all the time, you know? Yeah. So, and we... We just can't say enough good things about Bo. So anyways, go check him out, please. And we hope you all enjoy the knowledge that he dropped on this week's episode. another week of silver pill we are here and excited for today's guest we we've been on his show and that was a blessing and now we are even more blessed to have him on our show it's been a long time coming um, we're just blessed to be able to even call him a friend because what he does in this realm is a blessing to all that listen to him so, of course, I could only be talking about Bo from The Bump Podcast. How are you doing, Bo? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thank you for that introduction. That made me blush and scared me at the same time. I, I can't live up to that. Oh, yes, you, you already <laughs> do. That... <laughs> hey, guys, I, I'm just, I really appreciate you bringing me on the show. I love talking to you all. Um, it's just like... I look forward to your episodes, so it's going to be weird. I'm going to have to, like, I don't usually listen to myself on podcasts, so I might have to miss a week, and that that kind of bumps me out. <laughs> well, thank but you, I, Bo. I, um, you don't, I mean, your words are very kind, but it's us that look forward to your episodes. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's yeah. really a blessing for us to have you on. We've listened to you even before we were a podcast, so you're one of the the guys that really kind of convinced us that, you know, it's 
okay to be a Christian and talk about this kind of stuff. Amen. Especially publicly, you know, yeah. so um, it's, you're a blessing. We just are excited, excited to have you on our show. Well, thank you. And you I'm, know, I'm sorry for it being so early on a Saturday, Lowell. I'm... <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> it, it, it is what it is. My work schedule is so just everywhere anymore. So that's why we're, we're struggling right now to schedule a lot of people. Unfortunately, I really wish hopefully my work will calm down here in the next few weeks to a month and we can hope so man but do what you got to do yeah it is what it is yeah <laughs> so bo um i gotta ask you're always really busy in this atmosphere this paranormal fringe christian atmosphere what have you been up to lately like huh? outside of the show i mean i know you probably got some personal stuff going on with uh with research and things like that what have what have you been up to yeah yeah actually i do have a lot um well outside of work and church if i have a little bit of downtime i like to dig in on certain topics i have like there's a couple of key figures that have always well not always but the last couple of years have stood out to me pretty hard and um of course, we all love Bigfoot, right? And we're um, before I started the show, or when, and when I first started doing podcasts, I thought I had Bigfoot figured out, like for sure. I thought it was just a big ape in the woods, and people couldn't catch up with it. You know, it was Gigantopithecus, and I just regurgitated everything I heard about that, and that's what I thought Bigfoot was. But I was, I don't know. The more I heard about him, the more it got my my wheels turning, and I started doing my own research. And about two and a half years ago, um, it was on one of my shows. It was season two, episode 30. I had a lady come on, and she started talking to me about her Bigfoot experience, and it stood out. Um, the things that she was talking about, you know, she brought up the the lights she brought up the what they call mind speak, which is telepathy, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, gifting and all that stuff. You know, all the typical Bigfoot woo-woo kind of stuff. And it was just so different that I kind of just tucked it away, you know, like come back to this because this is something special. And so I wound up having this lady on three times. And as we talked, things got weirder and religion got brought into it now she told me flat out that she never really studied any kind of theology uh especially not anything from like you know outside of the bible or if i remember correct she wasn't she didn't even read the bible that much like she might have been familiar with some of the stories and stuff in there but um she wasn't deeply knowledgeable about this stuff but what she was telling me that this entity was relaying to her is like Gary Wayne level oh. information. Oh, wow. Um, so I started digging in. Actually, I talked to Gary Wayne and asked him about <laughs> some of this. Uh, and what, what this is, I'll quit beating around the bush. 
this lady said that this Bigfoot creature told her that he was an Eliud. Okay. And now an Eliud, um, Gary Wayne said he had seen it once or twice in some old text, right? Wasn't a whole lot of information about it. But what an Eliud was is the offspring of the Nephilim. So you have the Watchers, you know, the Fallen. They took wives, had the Nephilim. And then from there, anything below the Nephilim was referred to as Eliud. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so it would be like the grandchildren of the Watchers. Okay. And that's what this Bigfoot thing told her it was. Where would she get that information? I, I mean... Right, um, even if if someone like you in your area had never heard of it, never. but this lady that doesn't know theology somehow comes up with this word, right? So, so I dig into that, but I still just kind of kept it tucked away until last year. Um, I had a guest on the show, and um, she used to be into witchcraft, um, but yeah, she uh, she left witchcraft and she found Jesus. And this was not a Bigfoot episode. It was about her journey. Just so happens in the last few minutes of her episode, though, she was like, yeah, all my life, I had what I thought was a spirit guide follow me around and share wisdom and give me information and talk to me. And I'm like, wow, um, can you describe what this thing looks like? And she said, yeah. She said, I called him Jason. She said, and it's weird. Because he was just so big, he would like, I could see him through my window from outside, you know, from inside my house. And he would, if he stood in the living room or in the, in the bedroom or wherever he was at, I forget. Um, he would like almost touch the ceiling. He's so big. And she said, he looked like a big gorilla. And he's like, it was odd. He was like half man, half gorilla. And immediately my mind went back to this Eliud, you know, this the spiritual entity that has all this information and, you know, looks like a Bigfoot and it was just too much, man. It, it, it freaked me out. So I kind of put that together. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all anecdotal evidence. It's all subjective, you know, it's people's stories, but these are people from very different walks of life and very similar things. And on top of that, I try to listen you know, to the spirit. And that's, I felt like I was shown a piece of this. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. I, I try to, I try to pay attention. And on top of that, I had a, uh, a guest on the show. He, uh, his name is Ralph Sarchi. Now, Ralph Sarchi is like an absolute demon slayer out there. He, he's a former, uh, NYPD, he goes out and helps perform exorcisms on homes and helps people to be free. Awesome guy, very serious person. Um, it was a very intense episode when I had him on, but I was reading his book in preparation of having him on. Right at the beginning of his book, he's talking about being in this house and this house, the house he said was possessed. So there's like a demon running around inside this home that would actually manifest from time to time. And when it manifested and the family saw this thing, 
it says in the very beginning of his book, it looked like a Bigfoot. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow. okay. Um, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I started trying to think, you know, what's what's the likelihood of this? Well, if you uh if I'm if I'm rambling or if I'm going too fast, man, just let me know. I'm just trying oh, to no, get this all is, out. This is perfect, though. You're doing this is awesome. Um I started trying to think of what sense would that make for this to be uh, a demonic creature? Well, if you look at the telepathy, you know how it, mm-hmm. how it speaks to you. Um, that would that would line up, you know, angels, you know, quote unquote angels, whatever, you know, as a broad category. First of all, um, messengers, good or evil, they appear in dreams. They appear in visions. Um, they go, they can manifest in reality. I mean, Abraham sat down and ate with angels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lot engaged with angels. Um, so if it's something from that spiritual realm, they must be able to manifest, which would explain the footprints in the in the snow or in the mud that just seem to disappear because they don't have to stay in this manifestation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. It would explain so many things about how this big hulking creature can't cross the thresholds of your home, you know, without giving some kind of consent or permission. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it ties in all the legalities of the spiritual world with the physical evidence that's going on here. And uh, I've just, I've decided to hang my hat on this, man. I, I feel like at least for now, I mean, if, if the Lord leads me in a different direction, but I, I feel like what what we're dealing with with Bigfoot is they are the Eliud. Um, why do they look this way? Who knows? I'm sure, you know, we, we learn from Enoch and <clears throat> other sources that these, these watchers, these fallen angels, they didn't just take wives. They, they corrupted everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they corrupted the animals. They corrupted the plants. Um, so it's hard to tell what kind of abomination these things are. But that's that's where I'm at with Bigfoot, man. I, I think that this is an Eliud, and it's still, for whatever reason, I still look at it lightheartedly. I, I'm, I need, probably need to get out of that. I probably need to change my logo. I probably need to get these guys off my shelves. But uh, I just... That's where I'm at with Bigfoot right now. I, th- I think he's an Eliud, um, a descendant of these these fallen. What's interesting about that, though, and this is something that I can only speculate on. I was telling Lowell about this a couple of, maybe about last time we recorded, I think. And it was a thought I had one late night when I couldn't sleep and I was tossing and turning in bed. So I don't know if this this point is going to go anywhere, but I'll share the thought regardless. So I don't know if you've heard of Scott Carpenter Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, He rest in peace, um, but he did a lot of research on the Bigfoot creature. And he also believed that it was genetically related to the Nephilim. So at one point, and Lowell, correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, because you know more about it than I do. But at one point, Scott was able to obtain DNA from what he thought was a Bigfoot. 
and he had it sent to a lab level. Is that correct? No, there was a geneticist, Dr. Meldrum, Meldrum Ketchum, who volunteered to um, to analyze uh, DNA DNA from Bigfoot, right? So she put out to everybody out there to get DNA samples. And there's a lot of people who sent samples in. Scott Carpenter was one of them. David Pilates of Missing 411 was one of them. And there was other people and this stuff was scrutinized over before it was even sent to be, I, I don't know what you call it, sent to be looked at for DNA, sent to have the DNA analyzed. Um, and once they determined it wasn't anything that they could say, yes, this is what it is through hair samples and everything else. Um, they looked at the DNA and on the mother's side, it was human and usually Middle Eastern. And then on the father's side, it was, it was unknown. And wow. even the, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. Even even they have um like ways they test it like a quick test. So like all of reptiles will show these markers and then they can just test to see those markers and be like, oh yeah, well it's reptilian or oh it's avian or canine. And this stuff was coming up like kind of random. Like one of it was sometimes it would show like reptilian markers, sometimes it wouldn't. It was just like like they couldn't they couldn't nail it down at all period wow. they couldn't even get where it's at um so i forget the name of the book it is scott carpenter's i think it's called the sasquatch genome study is his book um definitely you would probably find it super interesting yeah yeah um, i I've, I've heard of you know some of the basics about that about uh, um ketchum and she was kind of outcast after that, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they pretty much drug her over the coals. Yeah. Um. It's really if you read the book, they they destroyed they destroyed her career over it. Basically. Um, yeah. Well, isn't that just another sign that she was on top? You know, she's hovering over the target. <laughs> right. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was dead on target. That's all she got. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's interesting about all that information, this is the thought that I had late that night. I was thinking about everything Lowell just said, and I thought, how interesting is that? But it seems like I had heard something similar to that before, and I had like a, a light bulb moment as I was laying there. And again, I don't know if this is any correlation. It's all speculation, but it almost proves what you're getting at, though, in my mind. So... There's this other guy, completely unrelated to all that research, named Ron Wyatt. And I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you, but he was some, I, I guess he was like a teacher or something. And at one point, according to him, and he's passed away now, but I do believe he's got some books out. Um, but at one point, according to him, out of the blue, the Holy Spirit led him to go looking for... Um, biblical artifacts the noah's ark ark of the covenant and yes. so out of the blue this american guy 
who has no association with this stuff besides the biblical knowledge, goes looking for biblical artifacts. And allegedly he found them, right? Allegedly he found uh, Noah's Ark, or at least where it was. And he also allegedly found the Ark of the Covenant. Now, what's interesting about that was he was somewhere in the Middle East in a caving system that like a tunneling system when he found the Ark of the Covenant. And as he's kind of excavating it and looking at it while he's in this tunneling system, he sees this wet red substance all over the Ark. And so he's looking up above him. And after they, they excavate the Ark and pull it out, he realizes that the Ark of the Covenant was directly underneath Calvary. And that he speculates, and they did DNA testing on all this, but he speculates that in the Old Testament, the Ark, when they needed to make a sacrifice to Yahweh, they would kill the, the lamb or whatever the sacrifice was and pour the blood onto the Ark of the Covenant, right? Well, yeah. because of the placement of it, when he found it, he believes that this was the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow that directly spilled from him on the cross onto the ark to obviously fulfill prophecy and be the ultimate sacrifice once and for all on the ark, right? So he takes the ark out, he gets a blood sample or a sample of whatever the substance is and sends it to a lab. And when they test it, not only is the blood still alive, the DNA in this blood still alive, but they are able to find human mother side of the dna but no father wow. so it's i'm not trying to compare you know bigfoot with jesus christ right and who knows how real these stories are right again ron wyatt just like in the last story was drug over the coals they you know for his research and work and a lot of people claim that you know he's a fraud and yada 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 list goes on but it's interesting that we have two biblical narratives here. One, the Eliud, these Nephilim descendants who are possibly showing DNA of a mother's side, but not a father. And then we have Jesus Christ, allegedly, right? That yes. his DNA is showing a mother and not a father. Yeah, that <laughs> that would make sense, right? Right. That is so amazing. But not to take over the show, this is about you. I just wanted to bring that up and to reiterate that you were probably on to something completely correct, right? That this isn't too far-fetched of an idea. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, because how else can you explain how photos don't work they can see you know game camera infrared or whatever like you can't get a picture they can people have talked about when they use the name of jesus they've had bigfoot encounters where bigfoot disappears mm -hmm. um it's just all all the legalities like i said they can't cross the thresholds um if it's a mo if it's actually a monster it would just come in i mean come on right. what what would stop it Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just 
it makes sense to me right now and i it would take a a a really strong revelation to change my mind at this point <laughs> you know like uh, i would need one to come up my driveway and be like no i'm uh i'm a neanderthal you know I mean, <laughs> i'd have to be told but that that's where i'm at so that that's like one one thing that's been on my mind you know and that's that's good for me i that gave me a little bit of peace about it like it helped me understand but it leaves a big opening as to uh okay the fallen come down and it took wives they took wives uh, who who were their wives you know i would understand how these these beings would be revered immediately as gods right mm -hmm. it would make sense that men would offer up their daughters would offer up their wives to to be with these uh these entities and if you look in these extra biblical texts about the um like maybe jasher and enoch it talks about they would exchange technology and information for these women right and they would uh they'd populate the the world to 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 ruin the adamic bloodline because the whole point of this whole thing was the was the seed war you know to try to to wipe out the chances of jesus being born and that's how it would come down to noah being the last of the good you know the pure bloods and uh, it's it's a big complicated thing but in the most simplistic terms these fallen watchers took human wives, right? All right. So I, I was on that, like, who, who are these women? Well, I did a bunch of research about somebody else who um, stood out to me because I've had personal dealings with this entity or what I believe was this entity. And uh, so doing the research on on her, it pulled straight into what else was going on with these watchers. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Lilith. Um, she seems to be on every show I listen to lately. Uh, I've reached out to the guys on Blurry Creatures about three times. I think I'm, I'm not going to ask them or hand around about wanting to come on a show and talk about this to them anymore i probably bugging them to death but they've had like two or three episodes lately and lilith comes up i'm like that hasn't really happened on their show so that's just like i thought man i need to come on there and just share with them what i have to see if maybe somebody with more letters behind their name can can help me with this or turn me around and get me away from this because this is what's going on in my mind with with what my research has uncovered man Okay, Lilith. Um, she's super popular right now. She's always been popular, but in, in Appalachia, there's a lot of people, a lot of kids, especially and young women that get into Lilith. Like they are super into Lilith. Like they look at her as some kind of um, defiant feminist figure. Um, it's a complete skewing of what feminism is you know it's it's not um celebrating beauty and what makes a woman a woman and you know how nurturing and loving and 
all these natural, wonderful things. It's talking about just bucking up against the man, you know, and all this stuff. But uh, Lilith is incredibly popular. Um, her symbolism is everywhere. Um, and I, I've talked about this several times on my show and stuff, but uh, there was some some things that went on in my personal life and with one of my children that involved Lilith and um, it, it led to a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of spiritual warfare here in the house. Um, in fact, this room I'm sitting in, my daughter tried to summon Lilith. <laughs> so it, it got real dark. Okay. And uh, thing, things got really ugly and it is what it is. Um, I'm letting the Lord work on all that. But it created this deep-seated frustration and hatred towards this entity. Okay. I want to expose this. Um, and for whatever reason, it's like so unbiblical. But people give credit to Lilith as being the first wife of Adam. Okay. Mm -hmm. That she refused to submit to him as his wife. And she struck out on her own and she goes out and she's this big dominating force and she becomes a demon somehow and all this. And now she's like a public figure. I don't know, but you know how history gets all twisted up, but Lilith had to exist, right? Mm -hmm. um, she had to, cause she's in everything. She's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that she's a real figure. So I started looking her up. I want to expose her because I know she's not the first wife of Adam. I know that. You know, you know that in your heart is that that can't be true. But what I found out is Lilith, she was the wife of a son of God, but not of the first son of God, Adam. Hmm. She is connected to these watchers. She's she's one of the wives. And uh, specifically, it was Samael. Um, they, if you look at these extra biblical texts, you get names, uh, more specific names. But also, this is you. You can find pieces of this mentioned in the Bible too. And if you look in this, now I did a lot of research. Okay, I I didn't buy stacks of different books, but. I, you know, the internet exists. So I'm going through these things online. And there's this old manuscript, this old text called the Zohar. Okay. And in the Zohar, it listed the names of these four women. And they called them the mothers of demons. Hmm. Lilith is on that list. Um, I'm going to be horrible with these names because these are very Mesopotamian kind of names. Okay. <laughs> uh, Agrat, A-G-R-A-T, is another name. Mahalath, M-A-H-A-L-A-T-H, is another name, which is weird because Esau takes a wife by that name. Okay. Hmm. 
And a fourth one's name is Nama. And Nama stood out to me. Because if you look in Genesis chapter 3, and I don't have my Bible open in front of me. But in Genesis chapter 3, it talks about Lamech and Ada. Right? They had these children. And this is where you get um, Jubal, Tubal Cain, Jabal. And for whatever reason, because these genealogies, they don't usually talk about the daughters. Mm. But it said that Lamech and Ada also had Nama. Hmm. Now, in this whole write-up here, it also points out that Lamech's sons, Jabel, was uh, a master of tents and livestock. Jubal was over music, the lyre and the pipe. And Tubal came, learned how to forge with bronze and iron. And then they had this daughter, Nama. Mm -hmm. so it, looking at that and you go to the Zohar where it says Nama was one of these these mm -hmm. mother of demons it would make sense that Lamech would offer up Nama his daughter in exchange for his family to be given these gifts of technology and these secrets and these trades I see okay you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, wow. So it, it lends some credence to to this list of names, which would make sense with Lilith being thrown into that list of names, which would show you here that Lilith was not with Adam, but she was with one of these watchers because they are the sons of God, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they're referred to. So, so yes, indeed, she did exist. And it wasn't said that she was a uh, the wife of Adam until like the 8th to 10th century AD. Like that came up in this book called The Alphabet of Ben Sirah. Mm. That's when they come up with this theory that Lilith had to come from the first wife of Adam. That's when this deception took place. Um, but if you would look, <coughs> there's a, I, I, I got it all here in notes. Now I'll, I'll explain this stuff as I go. But, uh, Somewhere in here, there's there's the list of basically who was with which woman and how they went from there. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, you got this, the alphabet of Ben Sirah. It was a, uh, it was written around the 8th to 10th century, so 7 to 900 AD. <clears throat> um, that's when they started referring to Lilith as the first wife of Adam. But Lilith goes back to at least like 500 BC. Hold on. Mm, this is a rough one. I got a bad call. Uh, so she's she referred like 500 BC in the Talmud. It's um, in the Babylonian, Aramaic, and Jewish incantations, um, like prayers against demons, right? Mm, okay. Uh, they pray against Lilith and they found her name specifically in these incantation bowls. It was like a piece of pottery that they would make and they would, they would scrub inside their pieces of Psalm 91. Wow. Yes. Because if you look at Psalm 91, 
I don't remember the verse off the top of my head. I don't remember the, the verse, the number, but it says you will not be afraid of the terror by night. All right. And that's okay. The terror by night is a Lilith reference. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they would ward her off with pieces of Psalm 91. And uh, <clears throat> it's almost like poems that they would, they would write in there. Um, they would refer to her <clears throat> as the strangler of babies, which kind of fits into that bloodline war too, because mm -hmm. uh, she's still coming after children. Um, she was warded off in prayer and with these bowls as part of a divorce formula. Um, divorce meaning like to separate themselves from this entity. If she would try to attach herself to children or to attach herself to the husbands, um, they would do this divorce formula to separate her from them. And it's found all across like Sumerian, Babylonian, Akkadian. Um, all of these cultures had the same same basic principles against this one entity. Um, and in the Babylonian demonology, <laughs> they would list the Litu as the female. And there was a male equivalent called a Lilu. It's like, like a brother entity. So that kind of gets into this, in my mind, into like the, the whole gender fluid idea, this, this trans whatever idea to where it's just another confusion. Mm -hmm. You know, she can appear to you as feminine, she can appear to you as more of an androgynous or male-like figure. So it's just one more thing. Mm. And in and other texts of the same period, um, like Hellenistic texts, Greek, and the Testament of Solomon, uh, it's the same entity, but she's referred to as Abizu, um, and that means of the sea. Which is kind of weird. Why would why would you associate the sea with Lilith, right? Um, but I can explain that too. Because I'm gonna get ahead of myself. Don't let me get ahead of myself yet. All right, I'm I'm gonna stick with this. I'm gonna keep describing her, okay? Um, so she's the slayer of children, she's referred to as the seducer of men in all of these same texts. And when you look at her. Uh, have you guys seen these ancient carvings of of what she looks like? Have you have you looked her up? No, I don't think I have specifically. But she's got the the head and face and torso of a woman, okay? And they depict her, you know, like bare chested, like a woman's figure. But she's given wings, and she has bird legs with talons. Oh, okay. Um, okay for her feet. So she's half woman, half bird. And that's a siren. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what's so crazy about this is she's associated with owls, right? Which, okay. which would kind of give you that same, same vibe, but the Septuagint, it equated Lilith with sirens and their terminology. It's like inter interchangeable. The Lilith and the Siren are like the same word. And it, it helped make another connection. Because Genesis 6 tells about the sons of God taking wives, spawning the Nephilim. Okay. First, Enoch explains what Nephilim spirits are. 
So they took, the watchers took these women. They had the Nephilim. The Nephilim, when they were wiped out in the flood, or when Joshua and Caleb go in, and they're taking heads, literally, these spirits of these creatures have nowhere to go. They can't ascend into heaven, and they can't go into Sheol. So they're trapped here on earth. That's what This is what Enoch explains. And that's our demons of today. So the Old Testament uh, Nephilim and giants and these races that God's ordering to be wiped out, it's not because he hates tall people. It's because they're bad, right? They're abominations. They weren't supposed to be here. So they're wiped out, but they're, they're, their spirits are trapped here. And they're longing for a body to repossess. So there are these demons. And it's all through the New Testament. It's these same spirits going through into the New Testament that Jesus is casting out of people and, and keeping them, you know, disembodied. So it's the same battle from the beginning through the end. And what we're dealing with today, it's the same battle. Um, but Enoch 19.2 tells us that these wives of the watchers, the women, they were cursed to become sirens. Mm -hmm. So you get this text from First Enoch that correlates to how they're being referred to in Septuagint, right? And these sirens have the same depiction as the terror by night of the Bible. And in Isaiah, the you know, the screech owl. Uh, he, they refer to her as a her, this lead to, mm -hmm. it's, it's all the same. It's all the same entities, right? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, these are all sirens, um, which is why Abizu means by the sea, because they were cast out towards the Red Sea. Um, so Lilith is referred to as the mother of demons. It makes sense because she spawned the Nephilim. Right. Oh, okay, and goodness. the Nephilim are demons. Um, in the Kabbalah, I think it is, in the Zohar, she's referred to, uh, she's listed as the wife of Samael, who was one of the chief watchers. Um, also, they um, they pair her with Shemiyaza, Samiyaza, whatever, Shemiyaza. He's, uh, Samael is also referred to as Satan in some in some oh, wow. okay. kind of like the king of hell okay um that's her husband lucky her right uh -huh. um i couldn't find a husband for agarit or mahalath but nama is listed uh somewhere if i can find it in here somewhere maybe uh nama is the wife of azazel or azazel so we've all heard of these names mm -hmm. samael shimiyaza azazel um these are their wives. So these are the queens. These are the chief watchers. Okay. Um, so they're they're really powerful. They're very real. Um, but they are not, she is not the first wife of Adam. Right. Yeah, that that's just a deception. Um that's just a way to try to discredit the Bible. And we know better. We know better than all that. Um, I have tons of references here, guys. I, I'm just trying to skip through here. Um, so if, if there's any specific questions or whatever, I can I can try to point it out, like where in 
what text said this. I, I'll try to, to help out with that. But um, how this ties in to more current time, like I said, she, this Lilith figure, and it may not be actually Lilith, but she's given credit, right? She's super popular nowadays. Um, she's deified. And in Wicca and these Luciferian cults uh, in witchcraft, she's revered as a goddess. Okay. She's like the, she's the opposite of Mary. Like Mary mm -hmm. is the mother of God, right? Mm -hmm. Lilith is the mother of demons. So uh, there's like this big, you know, comparison juxtaposition or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, the, these people are pulled to Lilith and I speculate that we make it worse here in Appalachia because if you look at, it, at what she looks like, she, uh, now I might be going out on a limb here, but this is just why I think she's so prominent and so powerful. Uh, I think she's still being deified. I mean, we know she is with these witchcraft cults and stuff like that. Um, but she's associated with the moon and the night and with owls and these other creatures. But this is just my speculation that if you would look at what sirens did, they would, they would lure people into the water, right? And they mm -hmm. would die. That, that's like the folklore around it. Well, in 1967, I believe it was, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, we had a major disaster with like 50-some people died when the Silver Bridge collapsed. And credit was given to the Mothman for being around. What does the Mothman look like? Uh, Originally, it was referred to as the bird or the bird man. Okay. And it had these big, you know, these, these strong legs with talons for feet, wings. And and the torso body, it's been speculated, you know, that there's no prominent head. It's just like, like almost like an owl figure. Um, I think that what we're looking at is a manifestation of this of the same Lilu or Lilitu entity, um, and she's basically still being worshipped. There's a festival that we have here every year dedicated to this oh whatever this this Mothman is, right? With 10,000 oh. people coming and dressing like them. We have a oh. statue erected to the, the Mothman. And they actually, they're actually bringing food now and laying it at the feet of this thing. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's very prominent. And would a demon care what you call it as long as you're worshiping it, right? Right. Um, so I think that it ties into some of these cryptid sightings. Um, I think that what is actually going on is she's almost like a principality here. Like she, or 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 some some of these watchers. I know that these chief watchers are they're locked in Tartarus. Um, and I don't believe that Lilith herself would become a principality because the watchers were given pretty much that's why that's basically what that meant like they were they were princes of these territories like uh michael 
is the principality of Israel, <laughs> right? Um, so he was also, he's not just an archangel, he was also considered a watcher and a principality. Like the man had many hats, but that's, that's his gig. So I don't think that Lilith would have been elevated to that level because she wasn't a son of God. She's just pimped out to the sons of God. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Technology. Yeah. But she has a very broad range here. Um, there's there's sightings of this kind of figure, you know, from Chicago down to down to the south. Um, but I think it's wrapped up in Appalachia because of the folklore we have. And uh I think that we're just we're just feeding into that. Um so I don't know. That's just that's where I was at with that. <laughs> so taking this that Lilith spawned Nephilim and Nephilim spawned the Eliud, then Lilith would be the grandmother of Bigfoot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh <laughs> pretty weird, huh? Oh man. Well, that kind of ties in. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, well, the, I know you heard of the woman in white phenomenon. Yes, yes. But even people like um, Wes Germer talk about how many women in white show up around Sasquatch sightings or habituations. Um, he's yeah. even noticed it. And he doesn't really tie a whole lot. Um, to anything but he's brought it up on several shows about how these women in white all of a sudden seem to appear yeah man around yeah. bigfoot sightings yeah and i've I've heard west say well i don't really think i don't think i would call them bigfoot the nephilim and i, I think that's just that they, just take one more step west you know just take just step down one more level right. they're not quite nephilim but they they're in that they're in that line i think man mm -hmm. um so yeah, I just, I don't know. I want to, and I have paid for this spiritually a couple of times. I've been attacked. I've been afflicted. I think I'm afflicted now, but uh, I wanted to expose Lilith as much as I possibly can because she is a wretch. She's a, a, a horrible plague on this, on modern America. Um, they, these spirits of deception they're misleading our children our girls especially and I, I want i want that to be exposed she is not the first wife of adam that's a lie straight from hell mm -hmm. she is she must have been beautiful you know i mean for these for these watchers to be willing to turn their back on god almighty whatever uh, <laughs> whatever led them to that but she was she was not the wife of Adam. She was just a woman that was offered in trade to these watchers. Mm -hmm. um, they're demonic. There's nothing good about them. There's nothing um, positive. There's, there's any kind of power that they would have, <clears throat> you don't want. You know, they don't, you don't want it. They're, they don't care about us. They want to deceive us and use us. They want to just keep causing chaos. Um, she's very, very closely associated with chaos. Um, 
And she's she's in every culture going back. Like Hecate in, in Greek um Greek studies, uh, she's basically the same equal as that. Mm-hmm. Um in all in all of it. Uh there's tons of more stuff to go into, but I I think uh I think I've babbled <laughs> long <laughs> enough. I, um is there is there any questions or anything that I need to clear up that I, I left muddy? I don't think so. I, that was that's a lot of research, and especially when you get into the extra biblical texts, you did a really good job presenting that because it gets really muddy really quick when you get into that stuff. It does. But one thing I wanted to mention, I think the whole idea of Lilith being the first wife of Adam is actually a very Gnostic take on the Bible, which is ironic because throughout the Bible, you can see culture after culture, even the Israelites, and even in the New Testament, when Paul's doing spiritual warfare, this female entity that is constantly being worshipped. Now, it went by different names, again, like you mentioned, but it's always this female entity. And ironically, culturally, this female entity is always fertility, right? They always worship these female entities for their fertility. Now, the Gnostic take on the Bible, on the... I don't know what they call her, but the woman, you know, that, that the Gnostics worship, they believe, and, and I could be a little off with this, but I'm pretty sure this is what they believe that, that God was created by a female, a female entity. And that's Mm. who they worship this great mother, right? This motherly figure, this beautiful woman, you know, and, and that's why we see Lilith, making the appearance of Gnosticism as being the first wife of Adam. There's always this, this, I guess, push towards a female entity in Gnosticism. Well, if we look at like, Lowell and I have talked about this before, like the Chris Bledsoe abduction. Yes. Interaction where this beautiful, healing, Mm. female motherly entity from the stars that turned him away from his religious background, his church background, because she was so beautiful and glorious. And that is exactly what we see throughout the Bible, testing mankind to the point where even, I believe it was Paul calls him out and, or yeah, Paul calls him out in the book of Acts because they're putting all the, um, the blacksmiths out of work who are making these little idols to was it, was it Ishtar? yeah it's something like ishtar astaroth or something like that yes yeah 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 but paul's putting them out of business because he's getting everyone away from that mindset that that religion of the female deity worship and the blacksmiths start to get upset but yes but another interesting thing if we're going to relate if i'm i shouldn't say we but if i'm going to relate all this to like the chris bledsoe case and gnosticism if we're looking at the idea that these entities are almost alien in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's one other thing that I've heard of in 
this whole grand scheme of things with owls is their association with UFOs. Yeah. And gray aliens specifically. So it's almost as if they are, in fact, all connected, <laughs> you know, to one string here. And it's this ancient female deity that has been constantly popping up in culture. And like you mentioned, it is very clearly popping up right now in our yes. culture in the Western world. And it's it's working. I mean, like you said, if if mothman this creature mothman is in fact this female deity that has been you know behind everything for a long time and now we're we're gifting it we're offering i uh, see i didn't know that i i okay. knew that there was a statue and a festival but i had no idea that now we're even tithing and putting okay. up <laughs> putting up sacrifices on the altar to these creatures and then we wonder well why is this such a hot spot well <laughs> yeah man that's good that's good fascinating fascinating uh, stuff i got a few things um just kind of some blurbs i know you touched on a harrison about the grays with the ufos mm -hmm. but i've heard i don't know how many countless abduction people who've been abducted abductees who are terrified of owls yes you, mm. yeah said so like just even even natural owls scare them really bad well look at the movie the fourth con oh man that movie mm. messed me up when i was a kid oh my gosh i thought it was real like <laughs> <laughs> yeah well probably was uh, yeah it probably was <laughs> um and then the the gifting thing i think this is again i think i'll reference scott carpenter kind of opened my eyes to this but how a lot of these bigfoot habituations you know kind of start out i don't know pretty mundane with the gifting and it gets to the point where i've heard of people planting whole gardens just for the sasquatch wow. you know they'll have like our garden and then they'll have the the bigfoot garden and as soon as they stop that garden or stop gifting these bigfoot become very mad and start that's when you get like the slaps on the house that's when you get animals going missing um it's like you're like harrison said you're tithing or you're sacrificing to these things these creatures and as soon as you stop they get angry with you yeah um, and maybe it's not so much about the food from the garden but it's about the the tithe itself mm -hmm. right like Absolutely. like god really needs you know in the old testament like god really needed the crops that were right. offered to him it's it's not like god needs it it's to show your loyalty to him and and also that you trust in him as your provider i'm going to give you 10 percent of my income yeah times are tight you know it's a tough time right now and it's hard to give that but lord you are my provider Provide us this day, today, our daily bread. That's it. Just like the Israelites with the manna. They weren't allowed to hold it over till the next day because God wanted to remind them that I'm not, I'm I'm the God of today. I'm your God today. I will provide for you every day, right? Right. And so to offer up crops to this, to these Bigfoot entities, that almost sounds like Old Testament god worship little yeah. g god worship yeah idol worship yeah yeah mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, it is. Yeah, that's that's good with the uh, with the whole gray tie-in too. That, yeah, yeah, I might uh, weave that in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the the last thing we're talking about, like the Mothman, I'm reading um, on on uh, Strickland's book, the Strickler. Strickler, my gosh, every time. That. Yeah. Every time, sorry, Lon, if you ever do listen to us. Well, he's Lon, not coming on the show now. Right. <laughs> um, winged humanoids, and it's just it's just full of these sightings of these Mothman type entities around Chicago. I mean, pages upon pages, chapters of this book, and these are all recent within I don't know the last twenty years. Yeah, um, I I heard about mothman in chicago from i think it was seth breedlove did a documentary and i think that's what the title of it was like mothman in chicago mm -hmm. or mothman something or other um he's got that show that that a group small town monsters i don't know if you guys ever watched those documentaries mm -hmm. super fascinating yeah they really are um, that's where i heard about it being in chicago i thought man what is this you know how how vast is it's is the territory of this thing um because i just i don't know i think everything is connected you know everything is real that's the problem here um you know all the little g gods all the old gods they existed you know i i believe that that's why it says you shall worship no god other than me you know it, mm -hmm. He goes into the throne room. There, there's more than one throne in a throne room. Throne room, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, he is the most high. That means there has to be things that are also high, but not as high as him. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but they were worshipped as gods. They weren't literal gods. You right. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, all of it, all of it's real, man. And I think all of it's connected and we got to be very careful um because it's it's easy to to get pulled in there's a lot of allure you know there's a lot of fascination with this stuff mm -hmm. and i've been pulled in all my life you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's just like just from doing this show and getting glimpses of stuff and you know an alien abduction what do they do they use the name of jesus and it goes away dogman encounter the name of jesus it goes away Bigfoot encounter, name of Jesus, it goes away. Why? Because it's an actual good versus evil kind of world, you know? Mm -hmm. It is black and white. It, it is cut and dry. There's no neutral ground. If you're not for him, you're against him, you know? And that's, that's a scary thing to think. And uh, it might not feel, quote, unquote, fair that you can, you know what I mean? Like, mm. But you just got to choose a side. You know what I mean? Once you're aware of it, you just got to choose a side. Right. That's all it is. And we know how it ends. So why would you choose the losing side? Right. Exactly. That's ironically, I had a thought earlier this week where it was like, you know, when in the Bible, it says when Christ returns, every knee shall bow. And I was really just pondering that and praying about it thinking well how would every knee bow that not every knee is bowing to you right now jesus is it because you know now they know you're real and now 
they're, oh, you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, these, these entities are still trapped on this earth. So I think that when Christ returns, yes, every knee will bow, but there will be those that bow before him out of love and respect and worship. There will be those that bow before him be out of fear and um, because they knew that they were wrong the whole time. And it's more so a disgrace. You know, they're they're ashamed, I'll say, and ashamed bow. And then with these entities, I was like, well, they're not going to bow before you, Lord. Why would every knee bow? And if they're here on this earth, and it was like, you know what? They will bow, but it's going to be at the foot of a guillotine because yeah. we know who wins, you know? So it, you're right. It's pick a side. How do you want to bow? Because you will bow to Jesus Christ. How do you yeah. want to bow to him? You know, that's it. That is it, brother. Well, I love it, Bo. I love it. That That is a lot for me to mentally unpack. And I'm going to be thinking about that a lot now. Because we're always talking about how this stuff is so connected somehow. And we just can't really figure out how. Yeah. But it makes sense. I mean, it kind of cracks the code to it. It's, it's a fun theory, you know. I mean, sure. if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Right. Well, everybody got opinion right yeah that's yeah. it that, that's the best part about looking into the paranormal is nobody can prove you're wrong but you can <laughs> never right. prove yourself right yeah. that's right i thought the whole conspiracy theorist thing like all i gotta do is be right one time <laughs> oh that's good well i don't i don't know lowell you got anything else for that no, I don't think so. I think that's all the tie-ins I've noticed just over the stuff I've researched. I just, it blows me away that you can really see this permeate the culture time after time after time with this female entity that is always associated with the night always associated with birds specifically owls which is a night predator ironically but i never would have thought to tie it into bigfoot but it makes so much sense and now it kind of ruined bigfoot for me a little bit because i was really hoping that it was just some <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to cancel the Bigfoot hunting trip level. Right. right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bo, for coming on, just blowing our minds. That is, I hope the listener gets as much out of it as we did. I'm sure they will. But oh, yeah. before we get going, Bo, can you share how people can get in touch with you, how they can support you, where they can find you? Um, uh, my show is The Bump Podcast, B-U-M-P. It stands for Believers of the Unexplained Monsters and Paranormal. Um, I am on, as far as I know, all podcast platforms uh, on YouTube. I have a very, very outdated website, if that's what you get into. It's thebumppodcast.com. Um, if you have an experience you want to share or something you want to talk about, some kind of encounter, you can get a hold of me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call the bump phone 
And it's 304-812-0553. Leave me a message or a text. I'll get back to you. Um, and if you want to support the show, other than just sharing it, I have uh, a link somewhere on my show notes, usually, for uh, Buy Me a Coffee. It's a really easy app to use. I've, I decided at the beginning of this year to stop putting anything behind a paywall, so I got rid of Patreon. And uh, if you just want to support the show, I'll put all the content out there. If you want to help out, you can just buy me a coffee. Awesome. Thank you, Bo. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'll put all of your links in the description of this episode as Thank well. You. Yeah, of course, man. But thanks, brother, for coming on. We love you. We love your show. This has been an honor to have to have you on our show. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I love you guys. I, I don't miss an episode, man. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, laughing along and just learning. I, I, I absolutely love it. Well, thanks, Bo. That, that means a lot to us coming from you. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. But, all right. We'll talk to you later, Bo. All right, brother.